Farmer's Ultimate Guide Podcast, Episode 69. It's Kaylin Amadio, the boomer gal. I, I got my publicist would be mad at me because I don't always remember to do this. Author of the Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. That's me. And I have another great guest for you today here on Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. I want to introduce you to Helen Chin Liu. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Helen has been a practicing professional. She's been practicing professional reflexology since 2006. She is the owner and founder of The Healing Place in Medfield, Massachusetts. She is certified in reflexology as well as energy medicine and is a master Reiki practitioner. Uh, When Helen isn't healing, she's teaching or researching. She teaches various self-healing classes, including Reiki and self-care reflexology workshops. My tongue doesn't want to work so early in the morning. Helen, welcome to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Kaylin. How are you today? You look wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You as well. I am good. Uh, Clearly, I need more coffee. I was sipping my coffee before we got started in in one of my favorite mugs. Oh, my God. I love that. I love my dog. I have two, actually. Yes. And are they in the room with you right now? They are not. I locked them out, but you might hear them bark at some point. (laughs) The little one especially is much more barky than the other one. Oh, So I gave people, Helen, I gave people a little um, introduction to you, which I took from her website. We'll give you her website in a little bit also. Um, but if you could just expand on that, give us a brief overview of, of how you became, um, how you came to be in business for yourself, doing what it is you're doing today. We were talking a little bit before um, we went live with the interview. So I've heard a little bit of Helen's story and I'd like her to share it with you as well. And um, don't be afraid to tell us whether or not you two are a baby boomer. Oh, my gosh. I've been a baby boomer, for, I swear to God, for such a long time, at least all of my life. But, <laughs> oh, i got to be careful with the laughter, otherwise I'm going to blow out people's eardrums. Anyways, how did I get into this field? Well, I did a self-discovery uh, approximately 15 years ago. And how I came to be, I was, at the time... I've had a career, of, I would say, comprised of about 25 years of office management. And, and at the time, my kids were small. And, you know, I, the things that we all have to do in order to make a living. And one, unfortunately, at the time, one of my children became very ill. And I needed to pay attention to him. So his physical ailment ended up becoming an emotional ailment and the doctor's only option at the time back in the 80s early 90s was just medication and we found out that the medication was making him feel worse to the point where we did not know when it was day and night because he was in constant constant pain from migraine headaches Mm -hmm. he had a thyroid condition that went undiagnosed and one thing led to many unfortunately complications so I remember doing a lot of praying back in those days and where, where to go because traditional medicine wasn't helping and I was really blessed I found a doctor that helped him with his migraine headaches at the time there was really very little or no medication that treated pediatric migraines so we tried to put him on adult 
level medication. Unfortunately, that made it even worse. And I was really blessed that I found a doctor who was able to help break the pain cycle. And he said to me one day when I went to visit him, he's a man, I think he was, I swear, he must have been in his 80s. He wasn't going to retire and going anywhere. And he says, I've only seen one or two cases where migraines were associated with a thyroid condition. And he gave my son a seasick, a motion sickness pill to break the pain. And I couldn't believe how this little pill that's been around for a long time helped him to break the cycle. And all because he was willing to try different things. Right. Think outside the box, right? Exactly. Who would think a motion sickness pill would break a pain, you know, migraine headaches? So... Here I am praying to God, what am I going to do to help? And one day, God answered my prayers by sending my teacher to me, my Reiki teacher. I happened to meet her through an associate who said, there's a woman here who will help you develop your intuition and also to teach you how to use energy medicine to help heal. And from the moment I learned about her, I enrolled in her class, all within 24-hour period, because all she said was, this is going to help your son. So as I'm learning to develop my uh, intuitive abilities, she says, I think you would really be good at becoming a Reiki practitioner. And and at the time, back in the um, 90s, or late 90s, I, I had no idea what this was about. So she said to me, why don't you come to a Reiki share? And I said, okay. So I went to the share. I waited three hours to get my turn on the table. And once I was on the table, I had three women working on me, and I could feel the energy move. And all I remember was once I got off the table, I was a little bit dizzy, and I remember spinning. And all I remember saying to Lisa, my teacher, where do I sign up? That's all I said. Where do and I? For those I, of you who have never experienced Reiki, I have. I've been on the table. I have. Do, I've done one of these because a friend of mine uh, was studying with a Reiki master. It, it's it's real. It's all very real. If you've never experienced it, yes. Just as I, an aside, I can attest I to that. Yeah, and and one of the things that I'm also planning is to develop just to be offside. Uh, I'm planning to develop all these online classes that will talk about energy work, so this way people could broaden their um, knowledge and also learn how to be self uh, proactive, so they're not waiting, for example, the next pill, the next doctor's appointment, right. whatnot. Right. They could jumpstart their healing process. Right. Well, the the topic that you and I um, agreed to discuss today, and, and all of this ties into the topic, is the fact that you should not be, and as a boomer, this happens more and more often. I'm I'm a young boomer. I'm 52. Okay. I'm oh, the, you're younger. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the second to last year before the boom ended. But the older you get, you know that you constantly have twinges and aches and pains and, you know, your body is not the same as it once was, you know, in your head, it's one thing, but in reality, it's another and the way it functions is another and ignoring stress and ignoring, especially chronic pain. Um, you might've been able to get away with that when you were in your twenties or your thirties. 
um, and maybe even a little older, but it's not a good idea in general. So the topic of our discussion is not ignoring that chronic pain and stress and what you can do about it and how you can make changes. So in that vein, uh, I'm sure that you probably have worked with um, baby boomers. Perhaps you've also worked with people who are younger than we boomers. Do you find boomers to be different in any way? Well, the boomers, the ones that I would call proactive and they want to do something about um, staying ahead of pain, and let's call it deterioration. That's what it is, right. you that know. Is, yeah, that is unfortunately what it. What That's what it's wear and tear. You know, the the body's gonna organic body's only gonna last so long before everything starts to yeah. fall apart. But what we can do to help, even though we can't maybe necessarily do much about the organic breakdown, we could watch obviously our diet, our stress management. Uh, what are you doing to stay proactive? What are you doing to help alleviate stress? Um, are you emotionally attached to your past? Uh, especially, you know, I look at my mom, who's 24 years older than I am, and her concern right now, each year, her world of friends becomes smaller and smaller because, well, you know. Yeah, they're passing away. They're sure. passing away. So, and I'm trying to help her to expand her horizon and what does that mean you know what are you willing to do to get out there to make changes that will make you happier so you can find balance so one of the things that I've noticed about people who come to me with a lot of pain and they say well this is not working this is not working and as soon as we talk start talking about where their pain is located in the body I start, I know exactly what has shut down in the body, which is going, is key. And by understanding which of your, I'm, I do a lot of what I call chakra balancing. The body has seven main energy centers from the groin to the top of the head. And every, all of those chakras are associated with all your organs in your body. So when something is going amiss, the first thing I will ask them what is going on in their life that has caused them to carry on this hurt, this pain, or why they're storing this pain. And sometimes they know what's going on and sometimes they don't, depending on how painful their uh, experiences were. Some people remember, some people don't want to remember. So one of the things that I help people to discover is are they willing to go back and start talking about the source of pain? Because if you don't go to the source, you could do, take medication, you could do all of those things, but it doesn't necessarily always correct the problem. Right, right. And peop, not clearly not all pain is emotional or stems from emotional. You know, accidents happen or, you know, diseases occur, but... you. People, you would really be surprised at how much of your pain or discomfort is <clears throat> not related to something physical, that it's related to something mental and emotional. Yes, and one of the things that when in my Reiki classes, I'm teaching students to understand energy. One of the things I always mention is we, every one of us have defective DNA. I don't care who you are. And, but the question behind that is, what activates them? 
and why and when. And more times, this is from my personal experience working with clients, is usually episodes, hardships, stress will activate the DNA. Sure. So as I, again, as I'm working with clients, I'm trying to help them to realize how this began and hopefully not become aware enough if they do not repeat the cycle. Right, right. So in that vein, get this is a I ask all my um, my listeners will know I ask all my guests the same questions, but they're um, geared towards helping us unearth your topic, right? Mm-hmm. So that we can help one another because that's um, that's why I think we're all here. You know, you can't you can't live in isolation. We have to live here together. Yeah, so we might right. as well be helping each other move everything forward. So if you could give us your top three tips in terms of um, I don't know, alleviating our stress or identifying our stress or uh, some of the common things, you know, that maybe we're doing to ourselves that we shouldn't be doing to ourselves. What What are your top three tips regarding, um, you know, alternative medicine and, and healing and improving our lives? Yeah. Well, number one, when people come, they have such high expectations of what Reiki and reflexology can do for them. Reflexology could help and energy work can help to rebalance the body. But again, if you're going back to destructive behavior, this is not going to work. I always tell people this is just one tool in your tool bag in order to help you to heal. And people say, what do I need to do? Well, the first thing that we always talk about, a little bit about diet. Uh, the first cause for body breakdown more times than not is inf- inflammation of the body. What does your diet look like? I'm hoping as we age, we'll, our diets have changed. We're no longer, we're eating more greens. We're getting away from the meats. We're doing things that it constitute a really acidy diet. So look at what you eat. That's number one. Two, uh, managing your stress. <clears throat> as we age, we, we have a lot of worries especially if our family live far away, our friends are unfortunately are dying, and your world is shrinking every single year. What are you willing to do to go outside of your comfort zone? Are you willing to make friends, new friends? Like, for example, my mom says, oh, no, no, I can't make new friends. How am I going to, you know... Meet them, plus how do I have a conversation? So there's a lot of anxiety about um, what I call judgment or how you're being viewed. And three, in case in, in our situation as boomers, are you addicted to your past? Are you reliving your past and wishing when I was 20 years old, um, I wish my life was still like as I was in my 30s. So we have what I call unrealistic expectations. Mm. And they're not bad, but the point is when you built your whole life around unexpected expectations, you feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Why, why aren't my kids coming home? Why aren't, you know, blah, blah, blah. All the things externally will make us happy. Right, you start to feel failure. Exactly. Yeah. And and as the world shifts and change, if you lose a spouse, a partner, and your kids are gone, how do you evolve? Like, example, 
I have a cousin who her kids slowly, one by one, are leaving to go to college. And her husband puts in a lot of hours at work. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, are you thinking about transitioning? And she says, what does that mean? I said, what are you going to do when there's nobody at the kitchen table other than yourself and you're eating dinner alone because your husband's working on time? What are you going to do when they're no longer there? Because it's really lonely when you're Mm -hmm. sitting and looking and talking to yourself. And she says, "Uh, I I don't know. See, the thing is people become, I won't say short-sighted, it's wonderful to live in the moment, but as we transition from, you know, decade to day, decade, your life, no, nothing stays the same. Right. You have to be willing to embrace change, I think, yeah. rather than trying to keep things the same all the time. Yeah. And I mean, as I've grown older, since I'm 10 years older than you are, I just find life so incredibly fascinating because I don't have anyone standing over me telling me why I can't do things. This is my chance to be able to share information, to teach people, and people do have choices. Right, right. So what do you, th- what do you think is our biggest obstacle? What obstacle are we either um, is real or we're self-imposing, you know, in front of, our, in front of us that, that's posing the biggest challenge to um to to making these transitions as we get older well one of the things i've noticed with even with the people who come to me they are so afraid of change who am i if i am no longer this how will somebody view me if i am no longer like this so and and one of the biggest thing like with my mom she is so afraid of judgment. I said, really? Is it really, are people judging you or are you judging yourself? So she's sitting there thinking, mm-hmm. but she can't answer the question. Because I find the one that judges us the most is ourselves. Sure, we're always hard on ourselves. Yes, we tell ourselves how we, I call, how we suck in 10,000 ways. And how do you break out of that cycle? You know, I, I, one of my favorite exercises that I'd like to give to clients, it's called looking in the mirror. Can you look in your, the mirror and really look at yourself without any judgment? Because we all obviously do mirror work. You know, we're getting ready in the morning yeah, or night, right. but we don't really look at ourselves. We're too busy looking at our, at our hair and our makeup and whatnot. And I remember when I was in energy medicine school, that was one of our exercises that we all had to do and we had to write a paper on. And the first time I did this exercise, I went, oh my, who, who, who are you? Why are you here? And that was um, 10 years ago and I really was confused because I really did not know who the woman was in the mirror. Mm. So over the past 10 years off, Often on, I would do that exercise. As of today, I was like, oh, my God, you are so super. You're fabulous. <laughs> You're incredible. Look what you have done in 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm looking at me as though I am a friend. Like what I would say to you, hon, if I saw you on the street. 
oh my god you look fabulous like i said to you this morning you look wonderful and she did she did too it's one of the first things she helen said yeah, to me. you look wonderful you're cute you got your makeup on <laughs> that's what i do to me now yeah yeah i'm treating me as a friend that's that's so cool because you can see the evolution you know, yes. within yourself. I was at a weekend uh, retreat once and one of the exercises we had to do, and this is really difficult if you've um, ever, and you could try doing it with a loved one so that you feel safer about it, but we were all strangers, right? And they put us in these groups. You had to do it twice and they, and a group would stand up in a row and then the next row would stand up and you had to face to face, you towed a line, right? Right. And you had to look into the other person's eyes. Uh, and they made us do that for, I don't know, it felt like forever. It was probably 60 seconds or two minutes. And you had to gaze yes. into this stranger's eyes. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Right. Yes. Because we're, it's easy to be distracted. You're not really quite looking. But you had to be silent. The whole room was silent. So the other people were sort of watching this happen, knowing it would, that they had either finished their turn or it was going to be their turn. But you had to look, really look at this person that you didn't know. And we were, I live outside New York City, so you can imagine. There were all colors of people, mm. you know, men and women, all heights, all religions. It was a plethora of, you know, society, you know, a swath of society. And... <clears throat> It was hard and it was humbling, right? And it expand. You talk about feeling energy. It just it expanded you. You physically felt the expansion oh, of that's who wonderful. you were, right? And I imagine you can get sort of the same feeling from doing that with yourself. That's very true, right? and and especially if you focus as you're doing that exercise, you focus on love versus right. versus. Oh my God, look at the zit on my nose. Look at that. My chin is falling, you know? Yep, and exactly. if you don't focus on all the extremities, you can go into that deep place. Right. And you, and you can literally feel, you know, the expansion of the energy around you and the world yeah. around you, right? And those feelings. Yes. So as, 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 you, as we get older and then learning how to stay focused on those types of feelings, the, and as women, we're always taught we are to give, 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 give. We don't really exist in our own lives. That's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, you give to the point where you have nothing left. Right. And then you wonder, when does it come back to me? Mm -hmm. Does it ever come back to me? Or you pray that somebody will focus on you for a while. So the best gift you could give is to really to focus on yourself. Just out of curiosity, did you do feedback after you did that uh, gazing in each other's eyes? With the individual? Yes. Um, no, we didn't. No? Not. Nope. And we had to do it twice. So you ended up with two different people. What was, what was most fascinating is when you were in the audience and you weren't busy with your partner, um, was to see how different people reacted to the exercise. Some people were so disturbed by it. Really? They couldn't hold eye contact, or they would burst into uncontrollable laughter. Like, they they just could not. They had so many different um, ranges of emotion. Some people cried uncontrollably, looking, you know, at in the eyes of the stranger. Like I said, some people laughed. Some people, it, it was it was incredibly emotional. 
in for a room full of strangers. And we had to spend three days. We were spending a long weekend together. So you can imagine um, the closeness that occurred. Yeah. And how, you know, strangers became instant teams, right? Well, and were willing to work together because suddenly it didn't matter that, you know, there was a Hasidic rabbi there and there were, you know, there were just all kinds of people. And we were all so different if we were walking down the streets in Manhattan and probably would not have looked at one another, talked to one another, socialized with one another. But when we were in that room for three days, yeah, we were just all humans. Yeah, that, you know, that would be a great topic for another show is how do you hold your space? That's basically what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. How do you manage and hold your energetic space? Yeah. And which I think is a very important topic that no, very few people really understand right. what that is. Right. And that that but, would be interesting for another. Day. But let's let's finish this topic. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's tell. I know Helen and I could. We realized oh, we could that we're fast friends, right? And we could talk forever about all kinds of things. Um. So, if for so, people who are listening to us right now, okay, and they're starting to see changes in themselves or they're wishing that they they could do some of the things that we've been talking about what would you tell them to do right now what change would you have them start today so that they can sort of change their path well the first step is mindfulness and that seems to be the new buzzword now is mindful what and they go what the heck does that mean mindfulness is basically can you be aware of what you're thinking or feeling but have no attachment to that. In a, oh, they go, oh, what is that? Mm -hmm. So can you look at your situation like as though you are somebody else? Look at it and view it, feel it, accept it. If you're angry, you're happy, or you're pissed, bitter, whatever your emotion, can you accept it without judgment and going into a lot of self-analysis and by giving yourself what I call grace grace is accepting the way you feel and be okay with it but not be attached to it I think is the first step for example I'm gonna use my mom which I use a lot in my discussion I understand my mom, you know, she's somebody who came from China. She survived the Japanese war. So my mother probably has a lot of post-trauma uh, syndrome where she still has a lot of the fears in her that stem from the years of war. And even though I understand mentally where she is but he, and also emotionally, but somehow I can't seem to break the tie. I constantly am trying to give her grace. Can I love her without any expectations? But unfortunately, like with all moms, they know how to push our buttons. And then we just go back to when we were five years old and then we're arguing again. And even though I know better, I can't break the right. cycle. Yeah, exactly. You can't but, break the cycle. So I come back. Instead of being self, you know, why did I do this? Self-hate and self, yeah. I just come back and, and say, okay, let me start again. Let me start again. And I've been practicing consciously now for 25 years. I'm much better than I was 25 years ago, but I still have a ways to go. So instead of beating myself up, 
every single time I get that into that situation, I just come back. I apologize. And it's so funny, neither she and I could break our habits. She knows which buttons pushes me over the edge, but she still does them anyways. So yeah, Well, it's habitual for her as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I find myself, not so much with my parents, I get along very well um, with my parents, but I, I find myself in that cycle with my own children. I, you know, I hear, not necessarily, sometimes it's the words that come out of my mouth, sometimes it's the tone mm-hmm. of what I say, and the minute it slipped out of my mouth, I go, why Why did I do that? That was really not very productive, you know, and I, and I'll receive back the response that I didn't want, which was triggered by the way I started it, right? And I'm like, w- why? It's a cycle. It's it is. hard to... And, and I don't know why, and you, you're right, we, we are creatures of habit. Yeah. So why do we sabotage ourselves yeah, to, exactly. to fail? Yeah. So I, and what's worse, I'm conscious of what I'm saying. That's what makes it worse. If I was unconscious and I'm saying it, right. saying it, then that's my yeah, excuse. But, yeah, but that little voice in your head, why yeah. are you doing it? You're going you really shouldn't be saying this this way or why are you doing this again when you know what's going to happen and yet it happens anyway. It falls. Yeah, yeah. So this is how you, the first step of breaking a bad habit is how is this serving me? This is what I always say to my, how is this serving me and how is this going to help me to increase my vibration, my energetic vibration so I can elevate to a higher level so where I can help people or help myself. So being aware is the most important step in anything and anytime you want a change. Right, right. Uh, and again, because we are addicted to our habits, sometimes we... Whether they're good or bad. Yeah. yeah, good or bad. Unconsciously, we just don't want to change and we're just not aware of it. And that's okay too. Yeah. You it's know, easier to be in your routine, whether that routine, aspects of that routine are good for you or not. Well, it's simpler to not have to think about it. Yeah. yeah. And and because it's it's a lot of work to make changes. Let's face it. Yeah, it, it is. It, it is. really is. It's worth it, but it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's like that diet. You know, you know we got to lose 10 pounds. I got to lose 10 pounds. And I know what I need to eat. I need to eat a more alkaline diet because I promised myself when I turn 60, it's time to take care of the body now. Because if I'm going to break down, chances are very good it's going to break down while I'm in my 60s. I already have this outlook. It might be a limited belief. I don't know. But you know what? I'm not going to wait till I'm 70 to find out if that is true. Right, right. Okay? There you go. So, and here I am. I'm eating things that I love to eat. The Asian Chinese culture, we love we love our carbohydrates. Anything about pasta, rice, you sure, name it, sure. it's in our face like right. this. Right. And every time I go to pick up something, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this, but it finds its way into my mouth regardless. <laughs> I have that problem with sweets, the cookie. Yeah. It's like I really shouldn't be <laughs> right. I really shouldn't be eating this, and so, I really shouldn't have the second the second one. Yeah, I know. Oh, it's really hard. Oh, the worst is now I've eaten everything. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's gone. <laughs> I've done that too. I'm like, well, if I just eat all of them now, then they won't be here to tempt me later. Yeah, exactly. Problem solved. Exactly. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, do do me a favor, because um, I I can't remember the long title. Hold up your book for us all right, and honey. tell us the title of the book. Can you see this, hun? Yes. 
I have to read it because it's so freaking long, I can't even remember the title of my own book. That's an awful omission to make, but I don't care. It's the way it is. Proven alternative ways to heal chronic digestive problems. What your doctor doesn't know can keep you from healing. And you could get this cute little 14-page ebook. It has not only talks about IBS, chronic disease, this reflexology tips on what you do to be proactive. And what makes this my little ebook really cool is I talk about the energy profile of a person that has digestive issues. Who are they? What are they? How do they hold energy in their gut? And and by learning to understand what your energy personality is, this is how you're going to break the cycle. Mm, okay. And how and how you're going to get this book? You come to my website. It is the Healing H E A L I N G Place P L A C E. Now this is the town Medfield M E D F I E L D dot com. And I am also planning. Um, to do a Facebook live chats. That's something I'm going to be launching sometime at the end of this month or in September. And we're going to talk about chronic pain, um, talk about not to give away your healing powers to somebody else. That's something I'm really passionate about. And how to break the cycle. You know, basically what I do, I love to do is give food for thought, no pun intended. But at least you'll have options instead of feeling stuck and like right. and feel like a victim of your own life. Right. So that's what I'm into is to, to help everybody to break their cycle, as crazy or as little, wherever you want to go, hon. Yeah. I have I have a lot of fun with people, but the most important point is you can do it. Right. We all do it. Right. I'm doing it. And for the, those of you listening or watching us, you know I always include um, these links in the show notes at boomersultimateguidepodcast.com. Or uh, the shortcut is thebugpodcast.com. Because um, my, my assistant and I always call Boomer's Ultimate Guide. We acronym it to bugs so that we don't have to type out this really, you talk about long titles. Everything I have starts with the Boomer's Ultimate Guide too, right? <laughs> and then uh, it, it creates a very long title. So I, I feel your pain there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you come back to the website, you know, you can always find links like this. So we will give you Helen's website, which is Healing Place. Medfield, that's the town in Massachusetts that um, her business is located in, healingplacemedfield.com. We'll include that link. So I always say, if you're on the treadmill, please do not get off the treadmill. I'm very proud of you. You can always come back and get that link if you couldn't write it down. Now, before I let you go, my last question for every guest is always, if they have a particular inspirational quote that they like or, or an inspirational story that they would like to share with us before we go. I have so many stories, inspiration. You know, one of the things that I try, I'm very passionate about teaching is never give away your healing powers to somebody who does not know you and think they know better than you do. You have all the answers within. It's just that so many people, are they override their intuition. And that little voice is always your guide and light. By learning to listen to it, you're going to find yourself so much happier, healthier, and just at peace. Right. Very nice. Helen Chin Lu. It was lovely uh, meeting you today. Yes, and I had the best time with you, hon. I know. I had a good time with you, too. And for those of you listening, you know, at Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast, every Tuesday afternoon we release a new episode with wonderful guests like Helen. 
um, where we learn about some other aspect of our boomer life so that we can continue to improve and grow and move forward and build thriving businesses and live vibrant lives because that's what I think it's all about. So, yes, Helen, is. thank you very much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much. I give you a kiss on, oh, each, thank you. on each chick. And to you too. And we will meet again. Very good. And until Thanks. next time, everyone, I would very much like you to take care. Boom, baby. That's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast.